Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. John, the 15th chapter. Started this this morning. I, I figured it'd be done this morning, but that didn't happen, so uh, we'll, we'll finish up tonight. And... Uh, a few things here we want to talk about. Um, I asked the Lord specifically what he wanted out of this morning and, and then into tonight, I guess, since it bled over into tonight. I'll tell you what he said later, but um, he had a very specific instruction uh, for this. But in a, John chapter 15, in the first verse, it says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you also or you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is, is uh, cast out a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By my father, by this my father is glorified that my disciples bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. So we were talking this morning about uh, God dwelling in us and. The fact that God lives in us and we're to abide in that reality, to, to stay there. That word abide means to continue, to, to, um, uh, to remain in, to be present, actively present. You know, anything we have in Scripture, anything that, that belongs to us, we have to make sure we're staying in that place and walking in the reality of it. You know, uh, even thinking as Mark was talking, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's true. If God be for us, who can be against us? But there's always a part we have to play in that. Um, he is for us, and, and, and the reality is no one can be against us if we're living in that place and the reality of that and walking in that. Yeah, there's no, nothing can come against us in that place. But there is a part of abiding in him and remaining in him in that place of fellowship, in that place of union that is so important for us and for every believer. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a constant thing. You have to make sure that you are staying where you're supposed to be. And uh, keeping things uh, in the right perspective, but walking in the understanding that God lives in you, that his, uh, uh, you are become a part of the, the vine, the nature, the life of God. You can go over to Second um, Peter. We looked at this this morning, Second Peter. These are wonderful scriptures we have. Wonderful reality. I tell you what, all of eternity we'll be learning more and more what this actually means, getting a better picture of it. But how many know this scripture is true right now? just like it will be a long time from now. It's true today, right where we are. Amen? Second Peter, the, uh, the first chapter, he said, Grace and peace, this is verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine nature has given to us all things that pertain to life, that's, li- that's the word zoe, the life of God, has given to us all things that pertain to life, the life of God and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, but which, you ha- which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. 
And so we know as sons and daughters of God, as sons of God, that we have the life and nature of God living in us. And uh, part of that, when you get into the life and nature of God, part of that authority has been given to us. Because him, his very nature, his, his divine nature is residing on the inside of us, Jesus was able to entrust authority, his authority to us. We were in uh, Matthew, the 28th chapter. You can turn back there and look at it as well. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Thank God for these verses. Something that uh, Jesus spoke to the disciples, of course, right before he was taken up. Matthew 28, known as the Great Commission. Uh, 18th verse, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So he immediately told them to, said, listen, I've, I've, I've won all authority. He won that victory. How many know that Jesus isn't having to won that vic- win that victory again? It's done. And we don't have to talk him into giving it to you. He's already made the decision to give that, that victory and that authority that he won. He's made the decision to give it to you. Isn't it good to know that we have that? It's a done deal. It's a settled thing. Amen? If the church could just get a hold of this, and, and walk in it, abide in this truth, remain in this truth, live in this truth of who they are in Christ, what this means to be a son or daughter of God, what it means to be in union with him, what it means to have the life and nature of God in you, it would revolutionize every believer. It would absolutely change who they are. You know, that's how we're going to rule and reign throughout eternity. We'll be in that position of being sons and daughters in union with him. We're, we're an elect group. We're an elect group. We're, we're an elect uh, group of people that share the DNA of God. It's his DNA. It all goes back to him. But we have that in us. And that's how we're able to fellowship with him. That's how we're able to do everything we do in partnership with him. No one else can partner with God like you and I can. Nobody else can partner like God. Nobody else can fellowship. Nobody else can be trusted. No one else can be used like you and I can be. Nobody. Angels, none of them. Because they don't have the DNA, the very life and nature of God in them. We have that. And so with this, he said, all authority has been given you. Then he gave us the instruction to go and to go forward. And so we were talking uh, about these things and, and um, uh, talking about the fact that it's our responsibility, but it's also our privilege to exercise this, this authority. We're partners with God. And, and we talked about this morning, we look around, and this, I know this is something that many people are thinking about, many people are noticing. I hear conversations, and it's something that uh, has been on, on my radar as well. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And you may say, well, Pastor Greg, you've talked about this a lot here recently. I know, we need, we need to, we need, still need, there's still work that needs to be done. And uh, how many know the enemy is not like, oh, well, those folks at Impact, they've heard some things, let's, let's just throw in the towel. That's not the way he works. And we've got to maintain our position and, and maintain a position of, of authority in this life. If we take our foot off the gas, one moment, he's going to want to move in. And so it's our job to make sure we're, we're, we're uh, enforcing what belongs to us and who God has made us to be. Uh, but we were talking this morning about these things, and... Um, uh, the fact that a lot of stuff's going on and, and that, uh, you know, fear wants to abide in people. And we have to make sure we resist that. And the, the reality of who we are and the authority that we have is such a vital thing. We talked about the fact that Brother Hagin is one of the greatest uh, things he gave the body of Christ. I believe it's one of the things that we'll need in order uh, for the church to see the Lord return is us to walk in faith and walk in our authority. How I many you know faith and authority go hand in hand? They're tied together. 
And, uh, you know, and, and I was actually thinking about this afternoon, this message, you know, and Brother Hagin, I think about different things that we take for granted now, that, that we just think of it as just normal. Uh, the idea that God is good. Uh, that was a very foreign thing not that long ago, uh, that people would think that God is good. I mean, when Oral Roberts started saying that God is a good God, that, it made a lot of people mad. How, how crazy is that? Now we look back and we think, how ridiculous is that to think that, that hearing that God is good would anger you? Well, the, the idea of living by faith, having authority, having victory in life, being able to, to not just be pushed around and just whatever happens, happens. And, and, you know, it's as the Lord works in a mysterious way. All of those things that have been said, how I many of those are, those are doctrines of demons. There's no really other way to say it. They're just lies of the enemy uh, that, ha- that were spread. And, and, and no doubt by good intentioning people, a lot of times they just didn't know what the truth was. Well, this, this message of faith and, and our authority, Brother Hagin began to, to really champion those things. And really, around the church world today, it's, 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 it's not a foreign thing. Now, there, maybe there's aspects of this that people still have problems with, but the idea of, of our authority and, and using your faith, it has really reached and really gone a lot. And a lot of ground has been covered. There's a lot more to do. Uh, there's a lot more ground to be covered, a lot more understanding people can have. But I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this truth that's been, that's been given. Well, we need to champion these things and hold on to them. God needs us right now. And people say, well, why, how can you say God, God is omnipotent he, or, or, or all-powerful? How, how can you say God needs us? Well, he set it up to be in partnership with us. The Bible says he's the head and we're the body, Right? The head cannot do anything apart from the body. We need him. We need his direction. We need his understanding. We need that. But he needs us. He needs our hands, our feet. He needs us to be functioning the way we're called to. And to say, well, if it's God's will, it'll be done. How I many? that doesn't work. God's will is one thing. But what about our will? What about our desire? What about us walking in faith and authority? It's vital that we do it. And in this time we're living in, we need, God needs us to be on our game. He needs us to be walking in the things that we've learned, being abiding in these truths. I want to read something. I mentioned this morning, if you've not read The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin, if you've not read it in a while, you need to get it out. A lot of great stuff. This is the Legacy Edition. There's other things been added to it. Uh, in this one that are not, that's not in the original one. So if you've got one of the older, smaller copies of it, you can get this, I'm sure, in the bookstore, order, order online. But uh, I want to read a little bit about this from this book. This is, um, uh, this is an account where the Lord had come and was, was, was speaking to Jesus. And I'll just read it to you. In 1952, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to me in a vision and talked to me for about an hour and a half about the devil, demons, and demonic pos- uh, possession. How many of you would like to have been in the room for that one? At the end of that visitation, an evil spirit that looked like a monkey or an elf ran, ran between Jesus and me and started or spread something like a smoke screen or a dark cloud. Let me just say, people who think this is strange, uh, uh, there is a spirit world that's out there. It's very real. There's a spirit world that's out there. And there are demonic forces that are out there. These things are real. But the reality is, and the good news is, our God is greater. And they are defeated. He said he led captivity captive, right? He made an open show of all of these principalities, all of these powers. But they're still here. They're still operating uh, uh, because the devil's lease on the earth is not up, but it's coming to an end, right? And, and he's just that, you know, deceive people do deceive things, deceive beings do deceive things. He still thinks he can win this and pull this out. He thinks he can throw a Hail Mary with six seconds to go on the clock, 
case you saw the game last night. Jesus is not the Florida State defense. I can tell you that right now. But he thinks he can do this. Well, demonic spirits are real. And, and they're not things that we need, to be, we need to be afraid of or scared of. They're under our feet. Amen. You know, uh, 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 the devil's defeated and he's a liar. Abiding in him and in the awareness of who he is in you will cause you to not be afraid of him. And, when you, and it also causes you to recognize when he sticks up, he sticks up his ugly head and when you need to stomp on his head a bit and put him back in his place. Well, the Lord appeared to Jesus, and I believe if the Lord, or the Lord appeared to Jesus, the Lord appeared to Brother Hagen, the Lord appears to himself. No, the Lord Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen, and obviously he wanted Brother Hagen to hear what he had to say. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, uh, the, God is not uh, someone who just likes to foam at the mouth, and he's not super talkative, and, or as far as just, he's talkative as much as you'll talk to him, but he's not just someone who just likes to, you know people who like to talk, to hear themselves talk? He has something to say when he talks, Right? His words are important. His words are, he, he doesn't just have just offhand comments and things. So he talked to Brother Hagin. He wanted Brother Hagin to hear this. And so this evil spirit showed up and, and put something out that looked like a smoke screen or dark cloud. Then the demon began jumping up and crying and uh, jumping up and down, crying with a shrill voice, yakety yak, yakety yak, yakety yak. He said, I couldn't see Jesus or understand what he was saying. Here's a little uh, side note here. He said, through this entire experience, Jesus was teaching me something. And if you'll be attentive, you'll find that there are answers here to many things that have troubled you. He said, I couldn't understand why Jesus allowed the demon to, take such a, to make such a racket. I wonder why Jesus didn't rebuke the demon so I could hear what he was saying. I waited a few minutes, and Jesus didn't take any action against the demon. Jesus was still talking, but I couldn't understand a word he was saying, and I needed to because he was giving instruction concerning the devil, demons, and how to exercise authority. You realize this is the position of many people Many people are in a place, if God will do something, if God wants something to happen, God will do something. That's not the way it works. God has done something, and he finished it in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. It's done. Healing is paid for. Your prosperity is paid for. Your soundness of mind is paid for. These things are done. He's not having to do it over and over again. You're not a special situation. But people don't understand that. And so Brother Hagin was wondering, well, why doesn't he do something about this? He went on to say, I thought to myself, doesn't the Lord know I'm not hearing what he want, wanted me to hear? I need to hear that. I'm missing it. He said, I almost panicked. I became so desperate that I cried, I cried out, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, I command you to stop. The minute I said that, the little demon hit the floor like a sack of, a sack of salt and the black cloud disappeared. Now, it's interesting. In this moment, he said, I became so desperate that I cried out, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, I command you to stop. There is something in the heart of every person that's in union with Christ. There's a knowing on the inside of you that there's more to you than just meets the eye. There's an understanding there's something there because that, what is that? That's the nature, that's the life and nature of God that you become a partaker of on the inside of you. Your spirit knows there's something that's there. I mean, we've got to get it up here in order to access it. We have to, to be able to have it, to cooperate with that. There's some things we have to learn. But it's interesting, in a moment of desperation, he just commanded that thing to stop. So there's a whole lot in us. There's a whole lot in us just waiting to get out, right? He said, the minute I said that, the little demon hit the floor like a sack of salt. The black cloud disappeared. The demon lay there trembling, whimpering, and whining like a whip pup. He wouldn't look at me, not only, he wouldn't look at me, not only shut up, he... 
He wouldn't look at me. Not only shut up, but get out of here. In Jesus' name, I commanded, and he ran off. The Lord knew exactly what was in my mind. I was thinking, why didn't he do something about that? Why did he permit it? Jesus looked at me and said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. I'm going to read that again. If you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. If you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. That came as a real shock to me. It astounded me. I replied, Lord, I know I didn't hear you right. You said you wouldn't, didn't you? He, he replied, no, if you hadn't done something about it, I couldn't have. I went, I went through this four times with him. He was emphatic about saying it. No, I didn't say that I wouldn't. I said that I could not. And he went on to, uh, uh, to talk to him about different things, you know, and, and we look at uh, uh, what's going on in people's lives, what's going on in the world, and people think, well, you know, if, if it's God's will, God will make these things happen. He needs us. He needs our participation. He needs us to exercise this authority. And so uh, uh, you know, the very fact that Jesus said to him, you know, if you hadn't have done something about this, I couldn't have. Well, it says here, we reread the scripture in Matthew chapter 18. He said that, that all authority had been given to him, or Matthew 28, all authority had been given to him to go therefore. He's making an assignment that, that we have to do something. The disciples, that's you and I. We had to do something about this. And Brother Hagin went on to talk to him, and the, and the Lord gave him several scriptures as um, uh, examples, supporting scriptures to this truth. And so we looked at Matthew chapter 20. I want to look at a few of the others. Go to Mark chapter 16. Like I said, these are things that we know as a church, thank God, that we've been taught well. Uh, but we need to abide in these things. We need to be working these things and exercising these things. But in Mark chapter 16, in the, the 15th verse, uh, this is also uh, Mark's uh, recording of the Great Commission. It's interesting, the two examples that, that the Lord Jesus gave Brother Hagin were uh, examples about using their authority as a believer in reaching the world, in reaching the lost. We have authority in this area. We have the right we have the, to exercise this authority in reaching the lost. But in Mark chapter 16, the 15th verse said, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he, does, who, he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. And he's talking about who? Who? It says they, in my name, they. It's speaking about those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said all these things. He said, in my name, he says, in my authority, they, believers, will do these things. The first one was cast out demons. We can't cast out devils or cast out exercise authority over them if we don't have them. He didn't say Jesus would come cast devils out. He said they will, they who believe. Once again, authority's been given to you and I, authority's been given to us, and we must exercise that authority. He didn't say believers will go out, they'll get Jesus on the scene, and Jesus will do it. He said that believers will do it. You know, one thing somebody had said once, if you want a healing ministry, start laying hands on the sick. If you want, if you want to be used, start laying hands on the sick. There is a part about praying about these things, praying these things out, but there's also a part about doing something and exercising authority, praying for people, laying hands on people. He said believers will do these things. They'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Thank God for that. Go over to James, the fourth chapter. 
James chapter 4. We'll look in the, uh, the sixth verse. James chapter 4. <laughs> Praise God. This is another example that the Lord gave Brother Hagin of this uh, principle that if, if he hadn't have done something, that the Lord could not have done it. But in Matthew, or James, rather, the fourth chapter, verse 6, but he gives more grace. I always have to read these scriptures to start off with. He gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, use your authority against the devil, and he will flee from you. He doesn't flee from the Lord Jesus, he's fleeing from you. Why? Because you're using the Lord's authority, but you're using it. This is something that we have to do. We've got to exercise the authority God has given us. Go to 1 Peter. You're there in James. Go to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. Like I said, these are scriptures we know, but, but we need to be reminded of these things. 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. These are great verses. Verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, what? May devour. I mean, he doesn't have the right to do that. He doesn't have the authority to devour anybody. He just wants to. But he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then verse 9 says, resist him steadfast in the faith. What is resisting him? That means exercise your authority. Don't let him do it. He may not devour you. You resist him by your authority, right? Go over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. This is not just a random, obscure uh, uh, truth. This is very clear in the word of God that we've been given authority. It belongs to us. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll look at the 26th verse. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 27, nor what? Give place to the devil. Notice the devil can't take place. The only place he gets is the place we give him. He has no authority. We've been given the authority. And so it's important that we, we remember this. Authority is only useful when it's used. Authority has been given to you and I, but we've got to use this authority. Uh, there's so many things, um, you know, uh, when you talk about this and about this subject. Of course, in talking about the subject of authority, we just can't wield authority over other people's lives. Primarily, and first, first and foremost, authority is for our lives and our family. And this is something, like I said this morning, we've been trained for years on how to, we should have been trained, we should have been using this, being, uh, putting these things into practice about how to exercise authority in our own personal lives and over our own families. And we should be good with this and, and, and uh, become accustomed to doing this. It's important. And so if, and, and we need to continue to be doing this. You know, for my family, uh, when I look around at the things that are going on and the concepts and the ideas and the things that are being promoted in the world today, I can say with all certainty they have no place in my house. They have no place in my family. They have no place in my life. Uh, they have no place in my mind. It's just not going to happen. Why? I have authority in this body and I have authority in my home. It's just not going to happen. 
I don't live in worry about what my kids are going to get into. I don't live in fear about what's going to happen. Why? Because I know the truth. I know the, the authority God's given me. And we've been exercising it. And we're not going to quit anytime soon. We're going to keep it up as long as we're here, right? And so it's important that we've learned these things. But God also wants us to exercise our authority in the earth. There, there is a role that we have to play. There's a job that we have to do. Like I said, authority is only good if it's exercised. Authority is only effective when you use it. I was thinking this afternoon, is Luke here? Is Luke here tonight? Is he outside? He walked out. You have to get him. Uh, I was thinking about Luke. Luke is a Florida fish, uh, fish and game. How, what's the right? How do you say that? FWC, Fish and Wildlife, right? So uh, he's got, uh, now I've never seen a, a wildlife officer pulling people over for speeding. I don't know, maybe you have. I've never seen them pull people over for speeding. But I looked it up today. Does the Florida Wildlife Commission offer, do those officers have the ability, do they have the authority to pull you over? So if Luke were to pull it behind you and turn his lights on in his truck, do you have to pull over? So, but I'm not in the woods. He's, he, Luke came in. He's like, that's right, that's right. If Luke were to show up behind you and turn his lights on in his truck, you say, well, I'm not in the woods. I'm not hunting. I'm not fishing. I'm going to keep right on going. You better not do that. Luke has authority to pull you over. And I looked it up. Luke has the authority to write a ticket. If you're speeding and you think, you know, people like, you know, they'll see a, they'll see a police officer. I'm going to go all slow because there's a police officer there. Then they see somebody. Oh, they can't give me a ticket. Maybe, maybe a sheriff's deputy from another county. Have you ever done that before? You know, maybe going a little faster than you should. And that's, I know Bonnie's looking at me. I know she has, right? And she, that's right. And so, the, well, they're from Broward County. They're somewhere else. Well, they can't write me a ticket. They're, well, maybe they can. I don't know. Well, they're out of their jurisdiction, right? Well, you can't do that with old Luke. He can write you a ticket whenever he wants. But I've never seen that happen. Don't follow me home. I'm not speed anyways. But uh, I've never seen it happen. I've never seen them do that, but he can. Well, in that area, he's got authority, but it's not useful because he doesn't use it. He's not stopping speeders because he's not using that authority. Thankfully, he's probably not done that any of us here, but he's choosing not to do that. There might be a time when they get a call if something's going on. They could call Luke up, and he he has every right any other law enforcement officer does in the state of Florida. He can fully exercise all of those rights. Well, there, there, we, can, we can pick and choose what areas we also want to use authority in our life. And we want to use authority in our personal lives, but there's also other authority we have. Our primary authority is in our own life and our own families. That's our, we don't ever have to question those things. We never have to question any of those things. But when it comes to other people, you can't just use authority over somebody else's will. If somebody wants to be something, something to be a certain way, you just can't just command things to happen in their life that they don't want to have happen. I was thinking this afternoon, we, you know, uh, several years ago, we had a young man that, um, uh, well, I'll, we've got a young man that has come over, over a period of time and, and, uh, he has some, some problems uh, in his body and we, Amy has talked to him about, you know, do you want to get healed for this? She could lay hands on him and you might say, well, I've got authority. I can just command that sickness to leave. Well, she began to talk to him. Do you want to get healed? And he said, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually okay with it. I don't remember what the exact words were, but he's, he said, I'm so used to it. I'm fine with it. I don't really want, I'm, I, I'm okay with it. I'm accepting it. And I'll just live the rest of my life like that. He's okay with being like that, you know, and I, I don't understand that, you know, but you can't just say, well, no, God wants it for you. I'm going to pray for you anyway. You're going to be healed because I've decided you're going, you can't do that. If somebody wants something, if you can get somebody open, you can get them healed. 
right? If you can get them open to it and allow you to pray. I remember we had a young man that came into youth that broke his wrist playing uh, lacrosse at, at the high school. He had broken his wrist, had a fracture, not like a you know, like a compound break. And he had a fracture, a break in his hand. And he came in and he had a, had a cast on one, the removable cast, I guess, to take it off so he could kind of the one that like I wore when I broke my wrist. But anyway, uh, so they could, you know, keep it clean and that various things. And so he said, well, do you want us to pray for you? And you know, God will heal your wrist. Well, if I could get him open, he didn't understand a lot of those things. If, if, if you want you to be healed, we'll pray for you. God will heal you. The Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. We believe that wrist will be healed. He said, okay, so we prayed for him, and he took the, we had him take it off and start moving around. He had no pain. He had had pain before, no pain. Went back and got it checked out. Can't find the fracture. Well, God is good. Well, when someone gives you the opportunity to exercise that authority, then you can do that. But if people don't give you a, a permission, you can't just wield it around. But we do have a certain amount of authority where other people are concerned in various areas. And so I want to look at a couple of those. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. This is something that we need to be exercising our authority in for our local body and for the, the, the church at, at, at a, on a larger scale. We have the right to pray these things and to believe for these things. In Ephesians chapter 1, this is a scripture that I pray often over myself, over my family, uh, over, over this church, over you. This is something I pray all the time. And, and I'm... I'm Letting the Lord lead me to pray this over individuals and other bodies and other places. But he said in the 15th verse, Ephesians 1, 15, Therefore I also, after, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now Paul was praying for the church here in Ephesus, and it wasn't just for the church in Ephesus. It's an example, and it, it's, it's, a, it's permission there is, if God had given Paul permission to do this, we have permission to pray for other saints as well. He prayed that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that they, they may hope, know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. And he goes on to talk about various things he talks about. And so the best person to pray that about for you would be yourself. Take authority over your own spiritual eyes to see what you need to see. But we also have the right to pray for one another. We have authority to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him for our church family and for the body of Christ. If people don't know how to exercise it, if they're not exercising this, it's, use, it's wasted and useless authority. The body of Christ needs to see things. They need further understanding. They need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I'll just say it. We need more revelation. We need more understanding, not for the sake of just gaining information, but learning how to apply these things and to put them into practice. We need this. Well, we can pray for one another. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for one another that God would give this. We have the authority and the right to expect God, uh, to, expect God to move. Every day on my, my, my phone, I have a reminder that pops up at a certain time every day. I pray for my family just to make sure I don't get busy and forget. And there's something that's very specific I pray. One of the things I pray is that you would, you would reveal yourself to my kids, to my family, to their future spouses. I mean, all of these things I cover, that you would reveal yourself. Why, I've got authority in that. 
that they would know your voice, they would recognize your voice, that they would be growing in whatever they need. You'd be leading, guiding, and directing them. Why? Their hearts are open. Why? I have got authority. Well, we can do this. God needs us to do this. There are many people in the body of Christ, sweet people, that don't know to pray it for themselves. They don't know what to do. We can help them. We can aid them. I guarantee you, the Lord had Paul pray for the Ephesians church because they needed him to pray. The church in Ephesus needed Paul's prayers. And he did it without ceasing. He did it all of the time. He, because why? The Lord was asking him to. If the Lord asks you to do something, you've got the authority to do it. If he's leading you to do it, you've got the right. The, you've got the position in prayer to do this. And so it's important that we do this. We, we looked at the scripture a few weeks ago. I ministered uh, middle of last month. But in second, or First Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to go back to this again. Like I said, I know something that I've talked a lot about. You know, I, I believe the church body as a whole uh, in, in, over the years has been slow to respond to situations, slow to respond, slow to respond, slow to act. We need not do this anymore. And I know you were just one local body, but we can do our part. If one man prayed and the sun stood still, we can pray as well and exercise authority, right? In our own nation, we can do this. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, the one uh, verses 1 through 4 says, Therefore I exert, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority. Really, when I read this, I see this as more permission to pray, not just for our own country, but all kings, all people in authority. Uh, that word authority or, or in positions or is prominence or high positions. Paul was telling us, I exhort you, first of all, to do these things, to pray for these people. That means we've got the authority to pray. We have the authority to lift these people up in prayer. And if we're not doing it, nobody's going to do it. If we, wait until things, if we wait until things look really bad, until we can't take it anymore, then we're missing out. Let's not wait until the smoke screen is up and we can't hear what the Lord is saying, Right? If, he, if Brother Hagin knew what he, his authority, he could have dealt with that thing as soon as it showed up. But there were things that, I, I heard Brother Hagin talk about this, the Lord never actually told him what those things were. The Lord never went back and told him in that, in that, in that visitation, never told him what those things were that he had missed. Do you think those were kind of probably important things? Now, I, Brother Hagin never said he asked him. Maybe he should have asked him. He just didn't even think about it. But the Lord never went back and told him what those things were in that, in that visitation. Maybe on later he did. I'm sure he did. But, you know, let's not wait until we're missing out on things. We have authority. We need to take our place of authority now. I also want to read out of the book. This is in the, uh, the Legacy Edition. I don't think it's in the smaller, the original version. But the heading of this uh, little section is, the, believe, the Believer's Authority Changes Nations. He said, at one winter Bible seminar held at, on the Rama campus, we introduced, five, we introduced five pastors from former East Germany who were in attendance. One of our first-year Rama students was from Germany, and she interpreted for the pastor who spoke. The pastor said that several of my books, The Believer's Authority in particular, had been printed in West Germany and smuggled in what was then communist East Germany. He said, we never prayed about our government before. We were griping and complaining all about the oppression we were living under, but after we read about our authority as believers, we began to pray for the leaders of our nation. Though they were communists, 
we got a hold of that book, we began to say we're, we're going to change the government. He said, I think they went, he said, and I think you can see that they did. Things started changing when they began to know and exercise what belonged to them. When the fullness of the revelation of who we are in Christ comes, then be, things begin to change. He said it many times. He's, I've said many times that if we would get the believer's authority into communist countries, those countries would begin to change and believers would begin to reign in life by Jesus Christ. But notice this guy said, these pastors said, we used to complain, but when we got a hold of it, we got a hold of this, we started to pray. We started to exercise our authority. And it goes more than just about, you know, there's more than to this than just about those who are in positions of political leadership, people in positions of authority. I've talked about it before. People that have influence. We have authority. Why? Because they have influence in our nation, in our realm, in our world. They have, they have influence and we've got authority to pray about these things. It is so important that we do this. It's so important that we do this. Like I said, this is something that the Lord keeps bringing to my attention. The Lord is needing people to take their authority. He's needing our help. He's needing our help. Part of that is making sure that we keep our minds renewed to the word and not letting these crazy ideas get into our own heads, right? And then learning to pray in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Go over to uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, or Brother Doug had mentioned this to me, and it was written down. I was going to read this scripture tonight as well. He said this morning he was thinking about this scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And, and, and uh, I, want, I wonder, this is speaking about the, the very last days, the end of the days, the end of this age. Verse 1, it says, Now, brethren, concerning, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Remember, we talked about this morning, you can't live in fear. You have to live in, in, in live, abide in the vine, abide in the life of God, abide in this, this authority that we have. He said, Not to be soon shaken in, in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as it is from us, as though the day of Christ, the return of the Lord, had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away or the departure comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know, that, and now you know what is revealed, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. If it was at work then, then it's at work now. The same, that same lawless spirit is still at work. We see this. We see, it, we see it moving, not just here in America, but across the world, there's lawlessness is growing. And these things are spreading. We see this. He said here, he said that this lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Notice only he, that is capitalized. It's speaking about the Holy Spirit. He is the one who restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. Well, when is he taken out of the way? He's taken out of the way when we're taken out of the way. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just do it in and of himself. He does it through us. The restraining, the restraining that happens is restraining the Holy Spirit, restraining through us. Walking in that authority, God needs us to do this. 
He needs it to be something that we're active about, that we're, that, that we're thinking about, that we're giving ourselves to. It's so easy to get caught up in the complaining or the, the, the analyzing what's going on. And I'm, listen, you ought to be informed. You ought to know what's going on. And you ought to voice your opinion on things. You ought to do it. But at the same point, we also need to make sure we're going before the Lord and, say, and taking our place of authority. You have a place in the ballot box, yes. But you also, also have a place on your knees in the presence of God, binding and loosening. And no one's going to do it for us. God's not going to do it. God can't do it. He's given us this job. The Holy Spirit, the restrainer, can't do it without our participation. He needs us. He needs us. We need to be praying that the rest of the church gets this. Other places, it's, it's growing. This, this is getting out. But while this is happening, we can help pick up the slack where other people aren't. We can help pick up the load and the weight of these things. Say, well, that's a lot to ask. Giving into this is a whole lot more to ask. Letting lawlessness reign free is also way more than what any of us want to see happen. We're praying for our leaders, people in authority. We're praying for the wise so that, that we can live quiet and peaceful lives, so that people can come to the knowledge of the truth. People can be born again. The will of God can be accomplished, but we must stand our ground. We must do this. It's a a vitally important thing. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. Your attention, your binding, and your loosening from a position, not just throwing it out there, but knowing who you are in Christ. God lives in you. You're connected with him. The divine nature is in you, and you've been given authority. From that place, that place of understanding, begin to deal with these things. I know many of us are doing it. Many of us are are doing this. But let's, let's do even more. Let God lead us and direct us. Let God show us what to do. Listen, there's a lot of things that are, that are out there uh, wanting our time, wanting our attention. A lot of them are nothing more than distractions. They're distractions. They're distractions. Thank God we have the Spirit. Thank God we have His Word and we have the Spirit to be led on how to pray, who to pray for, and what to pray about. That's a part of exercising our authority is yielding to the spirit in prayer is vital. We get to do this. We get to do this. We get to be used by God and to do these things. And I asked the Lord last night and, and Russ said, Lord, what, what do you want to see accomplished tomorrow morning? What is it that you want? What, what, what is it that you want? And I heard him say, not like an audible voice, but on the inside, he said, I want the church to use its authority. Very plainly, he said, I want the church to use its authority. And he means, yes, us as a congregation, but the church as a whole. Somebody, we've got to champion these things. What is God wanting? He's wanting us to use our authority. He wants this to happen. He needs this to happen. Listen, we, we at some point, we, we've, we've been taught so well. I'm so very grateful for it. At some point, we have to, we have to step into an, a, a higher gear of application, a higher place of putting it into practice, right? Into, into, another, into, a, into a greater realm of obedience, a greater level of, of yieldedness, right? That we begin to take these things seriously. God wants us to enjoy life. We can enjoy life and yet still be used by him. In fact, there's no greater joy than to do this. But he's needing us. I just want to encourage you. Listen, we know so much. Let's put these things into practice. 
When we pray, when we, when we lift these things before the Lord, we're not just doing it out of hope. We're not just doing it just throwing something out there. God has given us the authority to take care of this. I'm here to tell you the devil's not taking over. The devil's not taking over. He's not taking over. Many in the church are concerned the devil's taken over. They've lost sight of who they are. They've lost sight of the fact that God lives in them. They've lost sight of them, the fact that they are partakers of the divine nature and they've got authority in this life. Give no place to the devil. We're not giving him any place. This is our job. This is our job. And yes, there are natural things we should do, we need to do. And yes, we need to do those things. But let's not forget our place on our knees before the Lord taking charge of these things and taking and doing business, kingdom business, we must do this. God will hear you. Remember what he said, whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, we loosed in heaven. Go to Matthew 18. Let's read it together. A couple of you put your Bibles away. I'll get them back out. Matthew 18. I'm just going to read it again. We read it this morning. Is this all right? Matthew 18, the 18th verse. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Once again, I just see anything agree on earth. The church has gone on, can't do this. This is our job. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Well, I don't see how it's possible. We don't have to know how it's possible. God does it. We just have to take authority. We just have to agree. We have to bind. We have to loose. It will be done by my Father in heaven. For two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. Praise God. Today we've got a, we've we, we've got such a great opportunity. I'm I'm excited to see how things are going to play out in the next coming weeks, months, years. I'm glad until the Lord returns. I'm excited to see. I believe there's a great harvest that's coming in. I believe there's great days of prosperity and blessing and health and healing coming for all of it. It's, it. It all belongs to us. We're going to walk it out. Amen. Yes, lawlessness is abound. The spirit of lawlessness is already at work, but we've got authority over him. Right? Our lives, our families. But in the areas he's given us this authority, let's use it. Amen. Everybody stand up with me. Hallelujah. Father, we're so very thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for this truth. Father, thank you for this reality. Hallelujah. Oh, we are grateful. Thank you that you've you've thought so much of us. That you would... Give us this opportunity to work with you. Thank you that you thought so much of us that you would give us this responsibility, Father. We are, we are honored by that. We are honored by that. Thank you for giving us a part in your kingdom and what you're doing on this earth, Lord. We're so very grateful. Thank you for the truths you've given us, Lord. I, I pray for each of us, myself included. Lord, help us to see these things more clearly. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord. Help us to recognize this more clearly, more accurately. Hallelujah. Everything that's been done for us, who we are in you, who we are in Christ, the work that you have accomplished, the fact that it's a settled thing. Hallelujah. And the place that we have, the part we have to do this, Lord, the authority that we have in this life. 
Father, help us to see it. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. And then, Father, we ask for your grace, your help, your understanding and learning how to navigate and how to use these things, how to walk in these things, how to be led by you to pray for these things. Father, we are grateful. Lord, I make the commitment tonight, and I know many of us do, trust that all of us do tonight, make a commitment to you to take our place, to be the people that you've called us to be, to be your fellow laborers, your workers, your partners in this work. Father, we thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.